وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه ومن دعا بدعوته واستنى بسنتي الى يوم الدين سلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد فوسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل والسمع والطاعه ويقول الحق سبحانه اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم ان زلزله الساعه شيء عظيم all praises are due to Allah Lord of the worlds and surely the best reward is for those who have taqwa and surely there is no animosity except for the oppressor and i bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners and that Muhammad the son of Abdullah is his last messenger his servant may Allah constantly always send peace and blessings to Muhammad to his family to his companions and all those who call to his way and implement his sunnah to the day of judgment as to what follows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us in his mighty book o you who believe fear your lord for surely the quaking of the hour will be a terrible thing o you who believe as we approach the month of dhulhijjah ending the month of dhulqada we recognize that we are living in traumatic times changing times eventful times and it is critical for us personally with our families with our communities to strengthen our connection with the creator of the heavens and the earth because ultimately the bottom line rests with Allah azza wa jalla and we will not be struck by anything that Allah had not willed and our beloved prophet muhammad peace and blessings be upon him was blessed with jami al kalam he was blessed with a type of speech that with a few words encompassed a great meaning these words not only were relevant in his time but will continue to be explaining things to the believers to the day of judgment prophet peace and blessings be upon him in speaking about our ummah our nation and we have reached now close to a billion people but the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said an authentic hadith was reported in abu daud and ibn majah and imam ahmed ummati hadhihi ummatun marhuma laysa alayha adhabun fil akhirah adhabuha fid dunya al fitn was the lazar wal qatl the prophet sallallahu said this umma my nation is a nation that has mercy on it its punishment it's not in the next life but the punishment is in this world fitn zalazal qatl fitn is the plural of fitna trials tribulations confusion 
and the world we are living in today with social media gone out of control is a world of temptations and confusions, misunderstandings. It's a fitna. And Sadaqa Rasulullah alayhi salatu wasalam, it has never been seen on such an international level as today. And then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, we would be struck with earthquakes. An earthquake we can take literally and reflect upon what we have just experienced in Turkey. Or we can take it in a general sense of natural catastrophes. And so these events would come upon us. And finally, he said, Qatl, and that is murder. And organized murder, slaughter, is genocide. And so we have to recognize that the Prophet ﷺ did not speak from himself. And we are going through what we could call a tamhis, a purification. I believe that we are being purified for something. Our numbers have gotten to the highest level ever. Our strategic positions have become more important than ever. The mineral resources lying under our countries have become more vital for society than ever before. But yet we are not feeling the benefit from it. As a matter of fact, with all the great potential, our nation is in crisis. It's a purification. A recent study looked at the most severely affected areas in the world in terms of crisis. And a crisis could be natural disasters, it could be famine, it could be war. And they listed some of these countries and they said the top eight was number one, the Horn of Africa. Two, the Sahel region, which is the Savannah region going across Africa, the Sahara. Three, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Four, Afghanistan. Five, Yemen. Six, Pakistan. Seven, Ukraine and eight, Syria. And you can see of the eight listed crises, six of them are Muslim countries. And this is not somebody who has a bias. This is somebody who's looking at the issues facing humanity today. And so something is coming upon us. Historically, it has happened before to our nation. We have been pushed into the corner we have been pushed to the point where there's nothing left but meta nasrullah. When is the help of Allah? Even the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, ajma'in, said that. They reached the point where they just raised their hands. Where is Allah's help? And so we are reaching that critical mass that brings about a serious change. The issue, the third issue from amongst the three, fitan, salazul, qatl. The last was 
murder, or genocide. And that is the area that we have to keep our eyes focused on. It is a great test to all of us when it happens to somebody within our nation. And today we want to lift up our voice with over 100 imams all over Canada to recognize the presence of genocide in our nation, not Muslims inflicting it upon other people, but genocide coming upon our innocence. And especially we wanted to look at the case of India. Because India, with over 220 million Muslims incorporated within uh, the subcontinent, is usually not mentioned when the word genocide is thought of. But yet what is happening there today requires us, along with remembering all our other areas, to take a little focus upon this. Because what is happening is horrendous. And it's hard for us to imagine something like this as we sit in a relative state of calm and peace here in Canada. It is hard for us to imagine this when we hear the international media talking about other places. But the reality on the ground for us would be like flying to another planet. And when you hit down, you are in a state of confusion. And it is reported, you need to think about the concept of genocide itself. What does it actually mean? And the experts who have studied genocide, which is organized slaughter, they looked at 10 stages of genocide. And you think about these stages and what is happening. Number one, Classification. People within a country had to be classified as the other, as the enemies. That's the first way they start the genocide. Two, symbolization. So the symbols of the people in our case, the symbols, our masjids, minarets, the hijab being worn by Muslim women, that has to be demonized or it has to be negated as though it doesn't exist. Three, discrimination. Exclusion from civil rights. So the body that genocide is gonna hit, they are excluded from their civil rights. Four, dehumanization. Equating them with insects and animals. Five, organization, special militias sent out against the targeted people. Six, polarization, hate speech, propaganda. Seven, preparation. The victims are identified and mass killings are planned. Number eight, persecution, forced displacement, shelters, concentration camps. Number nine, extermination. Now the actual extermination takes place and 10, and this is part of genocide, denial, where they deny the fact that the genocide actually took place. And so we see the situation right in front of our eyes. 
Those who are living, Muslims living in India, are subject to daily attacks. People's homes, shops, the masjids, daily attack as though we are here in peace. Imagine a mob coming at our masjid. Muslims are now considered in India as foreigners. They're outsiders. They're not actually Indians. Although India has always been a melting pot of so many different nations and religions over the centuries. Daily lynch mobs, remember the genocide, the, the organized militias, lynch mobs being sent out of Hindu extremists. And it's hard to even think. We here have our halal shops, all different types of halal. In one state alone, 50,000 halal meat shops were closed. And their crime was eating beef. A crime punishable by death. 1.9 million Muslims in Assam are now stateless. Officially, their citizenship taken away, stateless. Masjids under attack, Qur'ans being burnt. This is a daily reality. And the Prophet ﷺ said, and this is speaking not just to his companions, he's talking to us. If you see evil, change it with your hands. If you cannot do that, then say something. And if he can't even do that, then at least feel it inside yourself. Not just saying the word, but feel it. But that is the weakest form of faith. So we can't sit still. We have to make dua for our people on the ground everywhere these organized genocides are taking place. We need to donate we need to give of ourselves, especially to groups in advocacy. It is now not just the, is not at the time not just to give to relief organizations, that is important, but those who advocate, because these genocides in most cases are stopped when an organized power stands in the way of the genocide. So those groups who are advocating, donate to it. Because they are doing right here in Canada what we could call farad kifaya. And farad kifaya means it is an obligatory action that the community has to do. And if somebody stands up and does it, it can shield the rest of the community. Otherwise, we are living in sin. And so support those who advocate. Educate ourselves. Educate our children. Educate our communities as to what is actually happening. Many of our children are lost in space. Lost in false constructs. When the reality on the ground is very much different. And one of the websites we can uh, confirm is www.saveindia 
www.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca
wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'iri muslimin min kulli dhanbin istaghfiru innahu huwal ghafurur rahim